I do love that mug of yours. That is so freaking cool. Isn't it cute? It is. What is Boscoff. that? Huh? Boscoff. It's just, a, it's a design. It's almost like it was a coloring book, you know? That's so cool. Yeah, it is. Hey guys, welcome to Ask the Podcast. Super glad you stopped by. Our team is made up of professional therapists and amateurs. Since we don't know your personal situation, we might get it wrong sometimes, but we will always give you the best advice we can with the information we have. We love getting your questions, so keep them coming. And this is a discussion format, so sometimes we curse, and sometimes we talk or laugh over each other. We want y'all to feel like part of our team. Remember, if you need emergency help, please call 911 or the suicide hotline, the number of which is on our website, www.askthepodcast.com. Com. Today, Sydney and I are going to be talking about parents looking through kids' private stuff, um, phones, journals, etc. We're going to be talking about trust, y'all. Have you ever looked okay. through uh, Sean's stuff before? Have you ever spied on your kid? I have to think about that. Um, no. There was a rule when he first got social media when he was 13 years old. The rule was that I needed to be his friend on all his social media so that I was aware of what was going on in case there was something weird but other than the stuff that might pop up in my face i i didn't go looking through his text messages or any of those kind of things um and it was actually very funny he he claims he didn't do this but he uh, i remember very clearly that after his 18th birthday he ceremoniously unfriended me on everything and then he added me back on a lot of stuff but you know i'm sure he i mean he's 21 now so i'm sure he has social media that i don't know about but you know yeah, I think that's hilarious. I we we actually had that conversation the other day, and that actually made me laugh. I was like, "Damn, Sean, that's just cold. <laughs> what you hiding, boy?" I think it was more just like, kidding. "I am officially an adult. <laughs> Woo! I don't have to be your friend anymore." Um, it's like, no, wait, shouldn't we be friends now that you're adult? You're an adult. Um, I have never snooped on my kids. I have never snooped on my kids. Um, because they pretty much tell me everything, which yeah, is cool. I, that, that, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, that's kind of where I where I was at. You know, like I my my idea of being his friend on social media really was more to be aware of how other people were interacting with him and anything gotcha. that may need to um, support him in or discuss with him in terms of other people's behavior more so than his behavior. So like cyberbullying stuff. Correct. Gotcha. I'm not on Snapchat with them. That's probably the only social media that I'm not on with them, but I don't care. I mean, now they're both, you know, they're 18 and 21. The reason this came up, audience, is we were asking one of our friends to ask one of their friends if they they would share some questions with us for the podcast. And our friend came back and told us, yeah, my one friend I asked can't send us any questions because their parents spy on their phones. Their, their parents like look everything. So that person couldn't ask anything that they wouldn't want their parents to know. That kind of pissed me off <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> because this, this person who was asked has got to be at least 17 years old. Right. And <laughs> I just was kind of like, what the hell are the parents doing? looking at their social media. I mean, checking out their text messages and stuff. You know, if if somebody has a history, I don't know. So I guess we're talking to teens right now. We're talking to the teens. So, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Are you cool with your parents checking out your stuff? 
I mean, I'm guessing, so here's the thing. If you're somebody who needs checking up on because you're doing naughty things, you're probably, you probably have the tricks down so that you can like delete everything so your parents can't find it, right? Right. If you're somebody who doesn't need to be spied on, then you're probably, (laughs) there's nothing to see. So, So I guess we have to tell the parents, there's absolutely no reason to be spying on your kids, you know? Well, and the reality is once they hit that age, you know, 17, 18, whatever, um, it's probably best to let them test out how to be responsible without you looking over their shoulder because very shortly you will not have any control over what they do legally. I mean, maybe emotionally, maybe you can twist their arm manipulatively, but... um, so you, you might as well let them use their independence training wheels while you're still around so that if something does happen, you can support and direct them. Completely agree. Completely agree. You know, I, I counsel the parents that I see professionally to, um, to sort of start backing off at about 13, 14, like slowly, just you know, start handing the reins over to your kids more and more because the more you instill that sense of autonomy in them at a at an adolescent age, the better capable they're going to be when they leave the nest. You know, they're going to be better able to. Now I feel like we're talking to the parents. I was just about to say that. I think this is more for the parents. What yeah. Are- okay. Because kids, they're going to be on the same page with us. They're going to be like, yeah what the heck? Um. (laughs) What I would say to the, to the teens though, the only thing that I would say that may sound like I'm on your parents' side, which is, that's not what this means. But if there are concerns that your parents have, like reasons why they're going through your stuff, at least take in the reason you don't have to agree with it, but at least listen to it and try to evaluate kind of like you're doing a scientific experiment, try and evaluate whether or not it has any validity. You know, like if they're saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't be talking, you know, giving your information to strangers online, give some thought to like, well, why would that be a bad idea? Am I putting myself at risk by letting these complete strangers know where I live, for example, right? Um, So if you can evaluate it without going, oh my God, why are mom and dad bugging me and watching over me all the time and I'm gonna do whatever I want, at least just take the information and think, I, I wonder why that's a problem. And then you can decide whether or not you agree or disagree. Very valid. I think that's a really valid point. Because yeah, I mean, usually when parents, in general, across the board, most parents have your best interest at heart. And the reason they're clamping down on you is because they love you so much and they want to keep you safe. Unfortunately, that can backfire on parents when they do that. So yeah, no, good point. Well, and I think that some of the, that's why I say kind of separate it from the emotions about it, because I think that some of the, the validity of the concern gets lost in the, the emotional independence struggle. Yeah. And that's actually, that's what your uh, late adolescence, late primary adolescence, early secondary, late secondary adolescence is all about separating from mom and dad. It comes down to trust. If you are worthy of your parents' trust, they will have more reason to trust you and they will give you more freedom. So, you know, some parents are just paranoid because they look back on what they did when they were teens 
And so they're just assuming the worst case scenario when they're looking at you. And it's interesting because I'm finding that this generation of teams, teens seems a lot less naughty. And it could just be the kids that I hang out with. I don't know, but I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not picking up because a lot, I have so many, because I guess because I work with anxious teens, right? And so they're high achievers, you know, they're really motivated typically until they get into the anxiety loop. So maybe I'm just missing out. Maybe I'm just missing out on a portion of society. <laughs> but I guess my advice is if you're trustworthy, your parents have more reason to trust you and trust is earned, right? And if you screw up, you have to re-earn their trust, which takes a lot longer. So preemptive strike, just try to make good choices because it benefits you to make good choices some parents can be really unreasonable about, you know, what you can and cannot do. But yeah, I do. I see a lot of kids who are really good kids and their parents were partiers. And so it's hilarious because the parents are like, you're doing, that. I know that kid's doing that. And I'm like, you know, they're not doing that. Did you do that when you were a teen? He, 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 yes. And I'm just like, okay, well, see, that's what your problem is because you're putting your own crap on your kids. So you know, sometimes parents are a little unreasonable, but remember at the, at the end of the day, it's because they love you. So yeah, the, there are a lot of uh, problems that you can get into. I, I understand that what you're saying about uh, the teens that you know, not being that naughty, quote unquote. What I would say, say is that the, the ones that you know may not be as naughty. Yes, anxious teens tend to like to follow the rules. They like things to be predictable. They don't necessarily want to break the rules because, oh my God, what's going to happen if they do? But this, the problems that you can get into these days are a lot potentially more dangerous and or life-threatening than the stuff that us, you know, Gen Xers could get into. Yeah, there was drugs and stuff like that, but not to the level that there are now. That's true. I guess because when you and I were teens, because you and I are the same age, when we were teens, um, the one that makes you love everybody. Ecstasy? Ecstasy. Yes. A lot, a lot of kids in my high school were doing ecstasy and I had heard about it. So that that meant that it was like, because I was pretty, I'm pretty oblivious to drugs. <laughs> but You're yes. So adorable. Uh-huh. That's, that's just really cute. You're adorable. <laughs> I'm That's a, a very different life than mine growing up in New York City. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it was happening around me. I remember walking into the high school bathroom one time and smelling something that I thought smelled like really strong body odor. And I was with one of my girlfriends. And then when we walked out, I was like, I was like, oh, somebody, somebody really has bad body odor. And she just laughed at me and she was like, oh my God, Beth, that was, uh, that was marijuana. Um, and I was like, what? Oh my God. People are smoking marijuana in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> You're so such, a, such a coddled life. Yes. <laughs> so sheltered. <laughs> I know. And I know that people were doing Coke and stuff like that. I just was never part of that scene. Or if I was there, I had no idea what was going on because I'm pretty oblivious to stuff like that. I'm like, oh, you've got some sugar on your nose. Just here, go like this. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe and now that I think about it, maybe there aren't necessarily more risks, but because of the social media, electronic communication kind of thing, it, it's not that there are more things, but there might be, it might be easier to get into trouble, I guess. I 
think you're right. I think with the internet access, I think that, you know, first of all, and I mean this, I don't know what, we can have a, an interesting conversation about this someday. There's so much access to pornography, right? Like so much, like when we were kids, it was about, you know, stealing your friend's dad's magazine, right? Right. And now it's, it's so accessible. Yeah. Like we, we weren't, there was no option in our generation to do things like send tit pics or dick pics. I mean, it's right. Just, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they'd have to go through the little Kodak, you know, booth in the middle of the mall parking lot. Right. Remember those Polaroid, put it in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> they used to make envelopes that shape, man. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Things were really different. There was that. And then, um, and now there's just, I, I think there's a maturity, uh, a maturity a little too early. So my kids have siblings, they have each other. If they don't tell me something, I know they tell each other something. And, um, you know, to take that a step further, I love their SOs. And if they don't tell me something, I know that they'll tell their SOs. And I feel, and parents, for those of you who don't know, that's significant others. So like their boyfriend, girlfriend. You know, so I feel really safe and, and they're friends too. I feel really safe about who my kids social support network is. I trust them all because I know they're good kids and they talk to me about stuff. So I know what's going on. Um, when they first, I did, I did the whole, you know, I got them social media, like Facebook when they were underage. I was one of their friends just because I was one of their friends. They didn't have a huge network of friends. So their mom was one of them. They're like, hey, will you be my friend? I'm like, sure. When it comes to, to spying on your kids, I am on the side of don't do it because my feeling as a parent is the, the more you trust your kids and you let them know that you trust them, the more likely they're going to be trustworthy. That is not always the case. There are some kids who absolutely are not going to be that way. And that could be my own warped mentality just because like my experience, my mom didn't trust me. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, she thought I was doing all sorts of interesting stuff. I was some of the things that like she'd read articles. My mom is incredibly well-read. And so she would like read articles and she'd be like, I think you're a lesbian. I was like, what? Uh, no, mom, I'm not a lesbian. Yeah, no, I like, okay, I won't say what I, I, I like guys. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm just Why did she think that only because you- Because she read an article, because she read some article and I would hang out with my girlfriends in my bedroom with my door closed and she thought I was doing stuff with them and I'm like, yeah, we're playing Barbies, but, uh, <laughs> you know. So, so that's an interesting piece to let the parents know is that, yes, it's, it's, valid to know what some of the issues and concerns, you know, that, that are happening with, you know, in society right now with this generation of children, it's good to be aware of those things, but make sure to, to take a second to evaluate, is it, is it your fear or is it based on observation? Right. You know, because I do have a number of anxious parents who are just waiting for their kids to either make some of the same stupid decisions they made. Gotcha. You know, or, uh, oh, I, you know, I've read all of these horrible articles about all of these things that can happen. And, and so, yes, that, that may be true, but what makes you think, and, and not a sarcastic question, what makes you think that your child may be doing that? Because if there's no reason or no indication 
you know, because sometimes it's like confirmation bias, right? Like if you're looking right. for it, you'll find it. Right. You know? Yeah. Agreed. I've talked to so many parents who, oh, I was talking with my child's friend and, and or friend's parents, and they were telling me some stories about da, 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 da. And I'm like, so you're grounding your child because of something that you heard that somebody else's kids did? Good Where's point. the sense in that, you know? But once again, then, so, well, we said this, I um, forget, we said this with the teens, you know, then I asked the parents, I'm like, what did you do as a, as a teenager? You know, and inevitably what I get in return is, oh my God, I was so bad. I partied so much. And I'm like, so you are putting, you're projecting your own behaviors onto your children. And is that fair? What would you have done if your parents had done that to you? You know, and that's another thing is I think it's really important, always important to try to go back and remember what it felt like to be a teenager. And, you know, when your parents did certain things, how did you react to that? You know, <clears throat> oh, I remember. So one example, when I was a teenager, my mom read an article um, that described if your children are change friends, um, if they're moody, if, you know, this, that and the other, then they're probably doing drugs. And so she instantly thought I was doing drugs. Well, so I got in trouble because she thought I was doing drugs or whatever. She was all upset about that. So I was like, I was like, mom, no, I'm moody because I'm a teenager and I'm hormonal. Right. And secondly, I started, I stopped hanging out with a group of my friends. I had a, some really close girlfriends that I used to hang out with all the time when I was a freshman in high school and they were dating older guys who smoked pot. And then they started smoking pot and they were like, Hey, you should smoke pot with us. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to thank you. You know, they were really sweet about it. They didn't try and pressure me. You know, they really were respectful when I said, no, there was no peer pressure at all. I'm still friends with one of them, you know, really sweet girls, but that I changed friendship groups because they were doing behaviors I was uncomfortable with. And so my mom assumed I was doing the drugs, but it's like, no, I got out of that friend group because they were doing drugs, but she couldn't really, I, I, I guess eventually she believed me. I know she believes me now. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I think it's important not to, to jump the gun with your kids. Agreed. And you know, it's interesting, actually, I'm thinking back to what I said about I was required to be friends with Sean on all social media. It's entirely possible that he had social media that he didn't tell me about that I, that he didn't friend me on. You know, I kind of left it up to him to make sure that I knew you know, and he yeah. knew why I explained to him why. And so this gets into one of the other things that um, we said to the teens is that you don't necessarily have to agree with the reason just, well, there, there's two things I always say to teenagers, you don't have to agree with the reason, but try to evaluate it for, you know, take, take the emotional piece out of it and evaluate it for its validity, you know, and then decide whether or not, you know, like just basically kind of evaluate whether or not it's a legitimate concern one way or the other or a thing that you should be aware of. The other thing I often say to, to, especially to teenagers is you don't have to agree with a rule to have to follow it, you know? And the analogy, because I'm queen of analogies, the analogy that I often use um, and the, those uh, parents out there who are in law enforcement don't come after me, haha. I always use the analogy of the speed limit. I don't necessarily agree that driving 55 on the highway is necessary, I can probably drive safely at 65. But if the speed limit is 55 and I break it, I'm, I'm agreeing to the potential consequences. 
I don't necessarily agree that I shouldn't be able to walk into a bank and say, give me $100,000. But, you know, the rule is I'm not allowed to rob a bank. So I don't. <laughs> right. Like, there you yeah. go. <laughs> totally. I love your speed limit analogy. I think that was fantastic because, you know, that is the thing. If you're going to break the rules, you need to be prepared. You know what the rules are. Um, so be prepared for the consequences if you get busted. And honestly, you know, I sort of have this strong feeling about it. parents. I, I believe that we should teach our kids to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not to give them the fear of, punishment, you know, oh, you're going to go to hell, God's watching, whatever, you know, just, it's more important for them to have an inherent sense of this is the right thing to do. So I'm going to do that, right? Because that's what we really want them. We want to give them that, that message for when they go out in life without us, so that they choose the right thing and are good people. Yeah, it seems so basic to me, but I'm always amazed. Anyhow, so um, do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And parents model good behavior, you know? Well, and that's that's part of evaluating the rule slash concern on its merit, right? Mm -hmm. Like to go back to the speed limit analogy, I understand why the speed limit exists and that there are some people that can't drive safely that way or they they are not safe drivers and so there needs to be some sort of standard for everybody right, right? so there are legitimate reasons why speed limits are set you know maybe 55 on the highway is not a good example of that but it like you know 30 30 miles per hour through a residential neighborhood i i get why that is the thing and the general I, and i don't generally break those speed limits because you know the, the 30 miles an hour the 55 on the highway that's a different yeah. story, but um, 30 miles an hour through a residential neighborhood, because I understand why the speed limit was set, I follow that rule because I, I have evaluated it for its validity. And I'm like, all right, well, that makes sense. That makes I sense. get they don't want me to like, you know, run over somebody who's walking across the street. Absolutely. Yeah. It gives you a better yeah. chance to stop in time. Yeah. You know, we understand that at the end of the day, what you're really, the reason you're setting restrictions on your kids or you're spying on your kids is because you love them and you're worried about them and you want to keep them safe. So we get that and we explain that to the teens. Um, as parents, it's our job to stop and evaluate if we're crossing lines. It's really important. Like what my personal feeling as a parent, what I started doing is when my kids were about... 13, I started handing the reins over to them a little bit at a time, what was, you know, appropriate for their age. Um, because I think it's really important. So many parents clamp down on their kids and they're on top of them until they turn 18 and they're like, oh, you're an adult, be free. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know? So then you send your kid out there to be like, they don't know what they're doing because you've been on top of them controlling them the whole time and then all of a sudden they have all this freedom so they totally go and screw up or they freak out and like end up in an institution just kidding well maybe some people do but <laughs> they need training wheels yes thank you that's that's what i'm trying to say yeah you, you can't just send them out into the world blindly when they're 18 because then they're naive and they're more likely to be victimized if you aren't giving them the reins and teaching them that autonomy, you know, slowly, that's part of your job as a parent. To, to torture the driving analogy, that's why there's learner's permits and you're required to put a certain amount of hours behind the wheel with supervision, right? But again, to torture that analogy, I like it. 
you you as the parent are not always driving the car and then all of a sudden they get to drive the car themselves you're also only sitting next to them and of you know allowing them get, providing them support and direction when they need it right right, right. but they are practicing driving the car of their of their own initiation yes they have yeah. somebody sitting next to them but they are the one behind the wheel driving the actual car thanks for joining us today remember to send us your questions on instagram handle at ask the podcast or by email ask at ask the podcast.com trying to figure this whole thing out too